Father, we thank you for your word, that it is truth. Um, Lord, um, Lord, we're dependent on you. You're the God that knows us and you care about us. Lord, I'm so glad um, that you created us, Lord, in your image, that you gave us a uniqueness, a distinction, Lord, and you also brought us a mercy where we fell short. You brought us grace where we needed it. And um, Lord, not that we just want to rest on grace, Lord, we want to respond to grace so that we can see the goodness that you've prepared for us to do in advance. And so um, fill us up with the knowledge of you. Open up your word today. Give us encouragement. I, I pray for every person that, but I pray specifically for young people um, as they're forming, Lord, their lives and moving forward. I pray that you would establish them with foundations that are, are solid. And uh, so bless our time right now. Let it come, come to rise to the top what you want to do. So we lean on you. We put, I want you to just do that. Why don't you put your hope in the Lord right now, would you? Put your trust in him. Whatever circumstance you're facing, just open your heart right now and just say, Lord, I want to trust you. I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you. So Holy Spirit, come and encourage us, strengthen us. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that prayer, can you say a loud amen? Amen. amen. If you put on the next uh, slide there, the and if you could, Matt, if you could put those slides up there so I can see kind of where you're going. Um, uh, if They have it on the screen there so I can see what's behind me so I don't have to look back there. Um, you see where our devotions are going. Uh, um, uh, thanks, uh, thanks to... Um, our team that's working on there and then a special on the dinner table we try to offer some things that are helpful when you're mentoring your kids and your young people or just creating a family project there's an easter family project online if you just go on to adventurehome.org and you'll just see the series that we're focused on right now just click on that and you'll see the dinner table right there and it'll take you to a nice exercise you can do with your family related to easter if you start on monday all the way through um, it'll give you a nice project to work on, so I encourage you to do that. Uh, today, I'm going to be doing part two of a, of, a, um, of a little series called The Powerful Young Leader, The Powerful Godly Young Leader. And um, I am really excited about this because how many know that God is really interested in young people? And, and, and we, you know, I had someone last week, they said, man, I really love your message, but I was feeling old the whole time you were talking <laughs> I mean, there's nothing left for me, uh, you know, and, and I mentioned, you know, and I've heard people, you know, pr preach on passing the torch, you know, passing the torch, and that's a great concept of passing the torch on to the next generation, but how many know that God wants us to hold on to our own torch, too? How many know that God wants us to be filled with fire, and not, not fire in an evil way, but, but the fire of God's power, and, and that He wants us to make our mark, too? We are all children of the Lord, Amen. And so it's important to understand that. And God wants us in, in the midst of the world and its loud voice telling young people who they are. God wants us to turn to him to let him define who you are so that we get a better sense of that so we can move forward with the right kind of confidence. And uh, that's what I'm going to be focusing on today. I'm going to start with a, just a review of the first four points and then I'm going to go with number five. And the first one, and just say this with me because it's important, say, I belong to God. Yeah, and when I say that, I don't mean in some kind of, uh, you know, evil slavery type of way. Just that there's a lot of things that you can belong to. You can belong to a club. You can belong to a group. You can identify yourselves with a band or a sports team. Um, you're part of your family. You belong to that family. But ultimately, 
the best, most secure place in the entire universe to belong to is God. Um, because he has the whole universe in his hands. He, he can control everything. There's nothing that's outside of his bounds. You know? And this is the great thing. If, when we belong to God, we belong to his purpose. We belong to his direction. We belong to his provision. And we put him first as a reminder to say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm available to you, and I'm available to what you want to do. How many say amen to that? Now, if we belong to God, because you, you, you could just belong to yourself. Just say, I run myself. Well, if that's true, just remember, don't later say, well, God, how come you did this to me? You want to belong to yourself, so you want to be your own God. Well, then take charge of the universe, your own universe. And good luck, right? How many know that's not going to work out too well? You know, you just can't control the solar system. You can't control circumstances. There's so many things out of your control. Now, God allows trials to come our way, but God has a, has a way of making things work together for good for those who are called, who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen? Amen. So we belong to him and allow him to fashion those together. Now, say it one more time. Say, I belong to God. And then the second one is an important foundation. Without the first one, it doesn't matter. If you're just running yourself, I, I don't have a whole lot of advice for you except for good luck. I'll see you next year. And, um, and then you can hear this message in a different form next year. And then maybe at that point, the Lord's going, okay, I'll take care of your life. How many want God in charge of your relationships, part of your future, your destiny? How many want God in charge of all those things? I do. I want him in charge of that for my life. I've tried it on my own. And it didn't take me very far. Uh, number two, can you say this? Say, I am an original. And, and I don't think this is clearly understood in our culture. I think we understand the term originality. And we kind of think of our clothes, you know, what we'd identify with. Um, you know, we, we find some musical artist or actor or something that's original, and then everybody follows him. And last week, I, I gave the example of the 80s rock when they had the big hair. You know, like... <coughs> yeah, new bands. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, new bands showing up all over the place, but instead of... They had... I mean, everyone had their little variation, but everybody starts to look the same, right? Amen? It's like you're going, what's that? And everyone goes, that is an 80s band, right? And, and, I'm, and then I see the same thing, you know, it's like with, 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 the, with the rap music, with all the stuff, you have a certain kind of a look, and everybody, you know, it's like you got to talk like this, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm an original. And then you got to go, but you're going to man up in a hook, hook. You know what I mean? And then, you know, I don't know why this goes there, but it just, I don't know why it just makes you look tougher or something. I don't know why. And you got to have your necklaces on too, so you got to hang a little bit. And I think it's all right. I mean, it's like I enjoy every kind of music. I really do. You know, and then, you know, then you have the screaming rock where everyone's screaming. And then everybody follows suit and all the bands are screaming now. So if you don't feel like screaming yourself, you're tired of screaming, just turn on that channel and you'll hear screaming. <laughs> um, and, and you think about it, every generation has their music and things that they like. And, and people do the same thing with their sports teams. You know, it's like, you know, I belong to the Lakers, I belong to the Jazz and, 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 and all that. And they, they start to imitate those characteristics. Or they go to a council to kind of find out their personality and they kind of build around that. I'm telling you that when God formed you, 
He made you a unique creature. And let me tell you why. And some of you heard this before. But how many know that God himself is unique, that there's no one like him? He, he, this is how he describes himself. He says, I am God and there is no other. Yet there is no God formed before me, nor shall there be any God after me. But yet he makes us in his image. And like Mitchell said, sometimes we're not that great. We fall short. But thankful for the cross, he brings forgiveness and redemption and restores us. And he's made us in a unique way. And David even cries out, Lord, I, I'm a, I, I hear you when you're making me, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It's as if God were putting you together and went, wow, wow, check that out. The Bible says that even angels are tripping out about it. They're looking at it going, wow, what's, what's going on with that? Look at those humans that he's making. And now he's putting his very soul, his spirit in them to merge with who they are. He's putting that in them so that they experience relationship with him. He connects them to him, himself. And, and, and just say, say, I belong to God. And, and say, I'm an original. And so now God wants to manifest himself with, he wants to sing through you. He wants, he wants to shout through you. He wants to speak through you. He wants to love through you. He wants to communicate through you. He wants you to feel the emotion of life. God created you not to be an imitator, not to go on TV and find out what's popular and start dressing like it. And I don't care what you dress like. I know that I'm super fashionable and it's hard for people to keep up, <laughs> you know, but, you know, thank God for Kohl's, you know, and Ross dress for less. But, <laughs> hey, some people are going, hey, you're making fun of my store, you know. But I'm telling you, I don't care where you dress as long as you are dressed, you know. <laughs> but I want you to know that God made you different. He made you unique, and he wants you to be unique. He likes that. And it's amazing that with religion comes an idea of conformity. And there's a conformity of character. How many know that God wants us to have high character? But, but with high character, he wants a lot of diversity within that, in who we are. We need to allow God to express it himself through us. And, and the third one is, and this one is probably surprising to most people, but God wants us to be awesome. He really does. There's a scripture, it says, you know, those who know their God shall be strong. They shall do great exploits. And, and you think about it, when, when, when God comes to Joshua, he goes, Joshua, everybody's going to know your name. I'm going to do some amazing things through you. He says the same thing to Moses. He says it to Abraham. You're going to be the father of many nations. Your name will be great all over the place, Abraham. You know, and it's not just for, it's not, I don't mean it in a self-glory way, like, I'm going to be great, look at me, man. No, God's going, I'm going to shine my life through you, and, and people are going to see it. It's going to be awesome. Turn to someone and say, you're called to be awesome. So, we belong to God. We're an original. We're called to be awe and then some. Amen. <laughs> And we're called to be a visionaries. Now, I don't mean the typical way that people might think of vision where a group gets together and they're going, man, we're going to start this new business. Let's get a whiteboard. And they start drawing circles and diagrams of how they're going to get there. And they go, that's our vision. I'm talking about vision from on high. 
I'm talking about we're made to be visionary. When the, when the Spirit of God first falls on the early disciples, and it first falls upon them when the church is birthed, and don't think of the organizational structure as birthed, the people touched by God are birthed. And what happens is as the Spirit comes upon them, Peter tells them what it means, and he says, you know what? Your daughters are going to prophesy. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all the people, even the young ones. I don't care what their working class is. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon them. Did you know that your young men are going to see visions? Old men dreams? You know, it's, your daughters are going to get a context for the future. God's going to give them a piece, a prophetic piece that says, I know where life's going. This is so critical. You know what's amazing? Walking with God is the most incredible thing ever. And, and it's, like, it's like a hidden secret. People walk around and go, oh, I don't know anything about it. But I'm telling you, walking with God is like amazing, isn't it? How do we say amen? amen? Because God is so incredible. He's so faithful. Say it with me. I belong to God. Turn to someone and say, you're an original. And then just look at him and go, I'm meant to be awesome in God. And then just say, and I can see things. That's what vision is. You can see things. And I'm not talking about just going off the deep end. It's got to be lined up with what the scripture says. It has to be lined up with, with God. You know, you don't want to be wake up in the morning and saying, the Lord wants me to turn into a purple pickle. You know what I mean? Then, then we're going to tie you up and uh, pray for you in that order. Okay, number five, let's get started for this is where we're going. Now, a lot of people have heard this scripture, the, at least the first one that I have here, but I thought I'd throw anywhere. You are called, I am called to be purposeful, not just randomly, not just kind of living a random life. I hope things work out. God wants to give us purpose and direction. When Christ came, he had a distinct purpose to bring us redemption. Do you think that that calling of redemption that Christ have might be something that we have too to bring redemption to people? How many think this might carry over? And and this is it, the purpose. And I love how God says this to Jeremiah because Jeremiah and the Israelites, you know, Judah and then Israel, I'm sorry, Israel and then Judah, they they came, they became captive to Babylonia. And so they and, and then the Persians took over them, and then as you know, the Greeks took over them, and then the Romans. About seven, eight hundred years went into captivity. But Jeremiah, as he's going to captivity, God speaks to the people. And he's communicating to them something that will come true in our lifetime. We've exp- we're experiencing it right now. And that's the outpouring of grace through Jesus Christ. How many say amen? amen? And he's looking forward that day. And while they're going into captivity, they're going, what's going wrong? And he's going, listen, guys, I know the plans I have for you. And this is the plan. Their plans for, can everyone say good good and not for evil not for disaster not for destruction not for bringing down their plans for good to give you what a future and a hope this is the god of purpose that says i have plans i have order i have structure aren't you glad you don't serve a god who doesn't have any plans can you imagine serving a god and you're going what are we doing next and he goes i don't know i am so busy holding the universe together i don't know what you're supposed to do just go, I'll do it. I, I, I went onto YouTube last night and I typed purpose in it. And the very first hit I had was a, a, a series by a guy called Ask a Monk. 
And it was this monk. He looked like the Kung Fu guy from the Kung Fu Theater. You know, they're not Kung Fu Theater. <laughs> but he had, he, he, and, and, and I said, okay, I, I wonder what this guy has to say. And for 10 minutes, he told us there was no purpose. And, and he goes, no, there's no purpose. There's no master plan. He never substantiated. Like, how would he know that there was no purpose? Do you know what I mean? Like, I've searched all of Google, and I've searched the entire universe. I looked behind the planet, planet Saturn. I looked behind Neptune. I went 17 galaxies down. It turns out there's no purpose. You, you know, but I, I, most people have a hard time balancing their checkbook and just living life in Draper, let alone knowing if there's purpose. Can I tell you, my God, the God of the Bible, says that there is purpose. Amen? Amen. That there's purpose, that there's plans, and he knows what they are. So I belong to God. I'm an original. I'm called to be ah and then some. Amen? I'm a visionary who has purpose. I have direction. God knows how to give it, give it to me. And think about it. If I'm an original, then don't you think he'd have some distinct, unique, creative plan? And what is the world like? The world gives you the opposite. It's trying to constantly conform us to a pattern. It's kind of like, get on the train and the train kind of moves around and you're on that train and God's like going, I'll take care of you. I got purpose for you. Get off the train. You're like, oh man, you know, it's like, I don't know. you sure? You know, there's safety in there. I don't want to go back to Egypt. They'll take care of me. The train takes care of me. And it's like, <gasps> you know, and the Lord's like, get off. I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. I know the purpose I have for you. I have a hope and a future. This is God speaking. Amen. God says, I have it. Amen? Amen? I have it. God's up there going, I'm an original. Isn't that what he says from Isaiah? He's saying the same things that we're saying. We're not going to be God. He's the only one. But we'll be unique in the way that he's made us. Amen? Okay, letter A. Don't wait for someone to tell you what your purpose is. You can't wait. Because what if they don't show up? Then you're going to be stuck. You can seek God on your own. Young person, you can seek God on your own. Like Mitchell was saying, he was struggling. How, what are my beliefs? How should I believe about it? Give the word of God a chance. Go in there and explore. Find out what God's saying about this. I, I love, you know, I, I pictured when Moses went up and he's climbing on the mountain, the Bible says that Joshua, his young aide, he was helping him. He was basically just his helper. He says, where Moses is going, that's where I'm going. One day, Joshua is going to take over that ministry. The second one, it says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. In other words, he stayed there with the presence of God. And, and I love how they put the name into son of Nun. It's kind of like when, when God speaks to my kids, I want them to say, hey, Rebecca, daughter of Eric and Jody, I see you. Wouldn't that be cool? How many that be kind of cool? You know, and God's, it's like God knows when he's talking to Je Joshua, he's going to talk to him about the territories that these are your territories, Joshua. This is the promised land you're supposed to go into. I've taken care of this. You're going to lead the people. I want you to be courageous. I want you to listen to me, Joshua. I'm going with you. Okay. So don't wait for someone to tell you in the letter B, just get into the stream. The river of God is moving forward. Amen. He, he's moving. And there, there's a lot of us that are sitting on the side of the river and, you know, kind of like going, how is it? On the outside of the river, the water's moving slow. You can put a baby in it. 
And it's just going to float around there maybe a few feet. Just watch out for the rocks. I mean, a baby can survive that. It's time you walk out into the center of the river, amen? Where, the, where it's moving, where there's power. You know what I mean? So you can start getting some progress. Get into the stream. You don't know what every next step is. Like, God, show me every next step. You know, when God comes to Joshua and he's going, how am I going to take over all these enemies? I see the promised land, but there's nothing but enemies there. What do I do? And God's saying, take a step in the river. And that's his first step. He just walks, just takes one step in the river. And the Bible says that he, the river parts for him. You know, one step, next steps. Turn to someone and say, it's time to take the next step. Uh, I, quoted, I quoted there by, by Black, Blackaby. He says, find out what God is doing and join it. You know, you just get into the stream. Do you think Mitchell's life calling is going to be children's ministry? Maybe. Maybe not. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is you're in the stream. You're making yourself available to God. How many say amen to that? You just get in there. And then the third one here, commit. And, and you're going to commit to something, so why not, to what I'm committing, why not hear God's voice and commit to him? And I asked the question, am I willing to lose my life? Because that's part of walking with God. You lose your own idea of what that life is, and you trust it over to God. You say, God, I'm going to lose my life, and I'm going to find it in you. And then I ask, will I take the next step? Again, you don't have to have everything figured out. You just got to take a step. And, and you know, it's as if you're standing there, and God's saying, move forward. You're going, okay, God, I'll take a step forward. And you just take a step forward. One step. Just move in that direction. And that's when confidence is built, when you step out. You know, I think of David with Goliath. And he's hearing this big enemy roar at him. And David's like, man, I'm not going to let this happen. I mean, every other person is in fear. The whole Israeli army is in fear. And you got one guy who says, we can take him. God's on our side. You got Joshua and Caleb looking at the promised land and they're going, we could take these giants. This is our land. Let's go. But the whole direction of the people is now going to be stuck in the desert because the majority of them are going to walk in unbelief. How many want to walk in faith instead? Trusting God and moving forward. This is what's so important. Okay, just look to somebody and say, I have purpose. And here's, the, here's number six, is we need to be courageous. Now, as you know, Joshua led the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt and its mighty armies. He did it through the power of God. God brought them to the Red Sea. It was parted. Through their rebellion, they ended up in the desert for 40 years. Moses ends up dying, and Joshua gets handed over the responsibility. He's the one who's been figuring it out and following Moses. And now they're about to enter the promised land. It's as if here's the boundary of the promised land, and they're looking to get in, and Joshua's standing there, and he's looking at it just like when God shows us purpose. And we go, I can't do it. How many have felt that way? I just can't, I just can't do it. I don't have the courage. And don't think that Joshua's a superman of God. He's just like us. Elijah was a man just like us. No different. They weren't super people. They're just like we are. And he was afraid. And how do you know that? Because seven times there, God goes, be strong, 
I want you to be courageous. I want you to be very courageous. I want you to be real strong. I want you to rise up, Joshua. One after the other, he tells them this. And, and, and Joshua needs this confidence. He says, be strong and courageous, Joshua, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. And I think, did the Lord save you to bring you, help you bring deliverance to the people around you? How many say yes to this? That God wants you to bring his goodness to your neighbor, to your friend, to the people around you. And, and it's like he delivered you for that reason. He's going, Joshua, you're going to step in the land. You're going to bring, when you start leading this, the other people are going to be brought into this freedom that I have developed for you, that I've prepared for you. You're going to be the one I'm going to use. How many want to be used by God like this? And this is it. Be courageous. Not just purpose, but be courageous. We're called to bring our family, our friends into this blessing. Letter A, let God speak the courage into you. You see that. Joshua's sitting there. He doesn't have the confidence, and God speaks to him. Be courageous. Sometimes you need that. You need God to speak it to you like, gosh, I'm afraid. And it's obvious that Joshua was a fearful. And he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. I mean, he's telling him, by the way, Joshua, there's no plan B. Moses is dead and gone and buried and he's not coming back and you're the man. Turn to someone and say, you're the woman or you're the man, depending on who they are. He says, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. I'll give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. It's, It's not just, you know, pick a place and walk around it. He's going, this is your promised area. Walk through and and start touching the land and where you put your feet. Be the man of God. Be the woman of God. Get the strength and realize this is your dominion. This is where God is in you. He's in you. This is where his blessing is meant to be prosperous. You know, Jesus says, I come that you bear much fruit, that you're going to be fruitful. Be fruitful and increase. He says, your territory will extend from desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. He's he's basically saying, hey, it's going to be from here and from here and from there and all the way back here. It's like, don't you think God can be specific with us? Like, this is what I want you to do, Eric. This is what I've called you to do. This is what I want you to speak. This is how I want it to happen. And I'm going to do it through your life. Moses, he's not doing what Moses did. He's got his own calling. He's got his own purpose, as does Caleb, as does each one of the leaders. He sends each one of the families into the areas of the promised land. He says, take it, take the land. And, you know, and God meant to bring blessing even to the enemies. God brought blessings in those lands. Man, God is good. Amen. He says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now, let God speak courage to you. Second, let leaders speak courage to you. You know, and this is where, you know, Timothy is going to, I mean, Paul, the Apostle Paul is going to Timothy and he goes, he goes I want to I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that, that you had. Remember when we laid hands on you? We're, we're going to lay hands on you and we're, we're saying, these are the gifts God's given you. Here's your uniqueness. And he says, Timothy, listen, you didn't get a spirit of fear. The Holy Spirit is not one filled with fear. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit being afraid? 
You know, you're about, God gives you a purpose and he starts moving you in the direction and you go up to it and God goes, wait, hold on, Eric. What, what, Lord? I'm afraid. Come on, Lord, you could do it. Be a big Lord. Put your big boy pants on. Come on, God, you can do it. Can you imagine? Paul's telling Timothy, because Timothy's a leader in this church, but he's young. And, and, and some of the people aren't respecting him. And he goes, don't worry about your age, Timothy. Remember when we laid hands on you from God. You belong to God. You're an original, Timothy. Remember the gifts that were given to you. Don't, I didn't give you, we lay, didn't lay hands on you and give you a spirit of fear and timidity. But of what? Of power and what else? Love and what else? Self-discipline. A, a sound mind, it says in other words. That you can think right. That you can do things right. That you won't be fearful. That you won't be timid. That you'll be aggressive. Let leaders speak to you. Let God speak to you, courage. Because let her see here, courage needs to manifest in real life. Now, imagine you're here and God speaks to you. You're an original. And he starts to show you what your purpose is. And you go, gosh, I start to see it, Lord. This is what I'm supposed to do. Maybe you don't know, so you just start taking steps. You throw yourself in the stream. You go, okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to keep moving forward in the stream of God. I'll serve somewhere. I'll make myself available. You'll use it. And then all of a sudden, you get to the place and God goes, this is what it is. And you start to see it and you go, oh, my gosh, Lord. I thought you'd give me an empty place that didn't have any enemies in it, but you're asking me to conquer here. All right? I'm a conqueror in Christ. Amen? And, and, and you look forward to that, and all of a sudden, God says, be strong and courageous. And your leaders say, you can do this. That's great. But now the rubber meets the road. You are going to have to engage. Right? That's where you take that step in. You're going, man, I have got to go forward into what the Lord has. I can't tell you how many times the Lord has brought me to the very thing that I was afraid of. Over and over again. In fact, I'm sick of it. <laughs> right? How many know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and it's like I, each time the Lord has brought me to a certain place where all of a sudden I'm going to experience some victory. And it's kind of like I can hear the voice of the Lord said, don't quit. Go. Face this. Conquer this. Win. Amen? And, and, and listen to what he says. Today... Joshua, I'll begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. Today, today it's going to happen, Joshua. You know, they're going to, he's going to say, they will know that I'm with you. And he's going to go, I want you to take the ark of the Lord, which is, the, which is his presence and the law. It, it was all stored in there. And, and he puts it up there and he's going to lift it up. He goes, lift up who I am. You know, we praise the Lord and we say, God is great. And Christian led us in worship today saying, God is great. And praising him, lifting the Lord up. They were lifting up the covenant of the Lord. And then he says, I want you to just take my greatness and I want you to bring those that serve me. And I said, he says, the enemy sees you, but I just want you to, for your people, take a step into the river, the, the promised lands on the other side. And, and they, they, all the priests, they start, as soon as they take one step, the Bible says that the river just began to part for them. And it, it's a symbolic message. It's a reality for them, but it's symbolic for us. That God will move things out of the way when we step out. Amen? Amen. And, and, and they got there. And as soon as they got there, God started giving them instructions. Right? Courage has to be where the rubber meets the road. It's great to have courage in your prayer life, in your closet, by yourself. 
there's a time when you got to get out of it. Amen? Amen? And number seven, so say it with me. Say, I am full of purpose. And God wants me to be courageous through it. And say, God wants me to be inspirational. It's not, it's not just for you. It's for the people around you too. If the Lord is pleased with us, listen to him and challenging the people. He'll lead us into that land. A land flowing with milk and honey will give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. This is Joshua. And and letter A, I put here, let God's presence set you apart. Listen, maybe you got the killer hairdo, okay? And you go, man, I got the unique hair. You probably picked it from a magazine, right? Don't let that be the thing that distinguishes you. Let the presence of God be the thing that distinguishes you. Amen? How many say amen to this? You know, and, and I love this from, from Moses. He says, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other places on the face of the earth? He's going, listen, when we go into this purpose, when we go into this plan, God, would you be with us so people will know that we're not alone, that you're with us, that you've set us apart. And that's what God does. He takes you and he sets you apart. That's all that holy means. Holy means to set you apart, to distinguish you differently. The world is full of its corruption and its direction and its aimlessness and its self-gratification. And God goes, I'm going to set you apart. You're going to be different. We're not going to all be clones so everybody looks the same. And I'm not talking about clothes and how we dress. It doesn't matter. I'm talking about inside your heart and soul and your purpose and your destiny. How many say amen? amen. Listen, and, and, and the, last, the last point here is is a be a finisher, okay? Now, say it with me. Say, I'm called to be, uh, belong to God. Say, I'm, I'm, I belong to God. And just say, say, I'm an original. And say, I'm called to be awesome. You guys agree with that? You think that we need to be great exploits before the Lord? And then the, the uh, fourth one there is, say, I'm called to be a visionary. And God has given me purpose. And I'm supposed to be courageous. And I need to inspire others. And, and this is so true. We, we are called to inspire. You might be the only one in your family who has found the courage to rise up. Everybody else is conforming. And you might be that one. But God may have that in his mind to say, I want you to be a catalyst. For those around you, you might be the only one at work who says, man, I want to do things the right way. And everyone else goes, what? Or you might go, you know what? I want to pray about this first. I want to know if God's leading me. You know, this is what sets you apart. I I can't tell you how many times when I worked, when I was working in the business world and, you know, they'd be going, what are you going to do about this? And I go, I'm probably going to pray. And they go, what's that going to do? And I go, well, you'll find out because you'll see me calm in the midst of the storm because I won't be watching the stock price. Amen? I will be watching what the Lord is doing in me and through you. And it's like all of a sudden, God, when you've had time with God, he gives you confidence. You know? We were, we were singing that song, Jesus, this morning, and I was thinking to myself, man, we're singing that word a lot long times. 
That's what I was thinking to myself just out loud. I was going, man, we keep singing the song Jesus. And I could just sense the Lord going, there's power in the name of Jesus. There is power in my name. And it's almost as if the band is singing to get a breakthrough. It's almost as if you're singing the song and going, Jesus. And it's not catching. And all of a sudden the Lord's going, no, I want you to see that there's power in this name. Do you know that God didn't call us just to have purpose and be unique? I, I, I can't tell you how many young people, and I've done this myself, where you start things and you don't finish them. How many know what this is like? Or you have an idea, but you're not completed. Or you get ahead of the game. God wants us to be a finisher. And I want you to see, I want you to see that God, aren't you glad that God is a finisher? Wouldn't it be a bummer if God said, I want to save you, but I don't know if it'll keep my interest for a long I might create some other kind of universe with a different set of physical laws and properties. Not energy. It'll be something different. Bye. All of a sudden, our universe starts falling apart. God said he was going to save us. Yeah, but he lost track. Aren't you glad that God finishes what he starts? And he makes these promises too. He says, he says I'm certain that God who began the good work in you will continue his work until it is finished or completely finished on the day when Christ returns. Ecclesiastes says it's this way. He says, finishing is better than the starting. You know, it's better at the completion of it at the beginning. Because at the beginning, you're full of the ideas. I'm going to commit to God. Three weeks later, you're like, well, maybe not. Listen, young people, let me encourage you. God wants to write his heart, his music on your life. He really does. And he wants to express himself to you. And he wants you to be available for a lifetime. For a lifetime, not to play church like you go to church and that's when you know God because you went to church. No, when you wake up in the morning, you say, God, I'm yours. How many think this is a good plan? How many think this is God's plan? You know, and we are so afraid of relationship, but God wants us to know this. And, and we start things. People start books, but don't finish them. They start songs, they write verses, but they don't finish the chorus and finish the bridge and get the song all the way done. They write the first chapter of the book, but they don't complete it. They start a project. They start marriages, but they can't quite finish them. We live in a, in a place that's broken. How many would agree with this? And we need the Lord to help us become this, be completers, to be finishers. And he, Jesus says this, and then we're going to have a song here. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and wasn't able to finish it. God's saying, listen, before you start out and just go, I'm going to do this and that, why don't you see if it's me? Calculate the cost. And if you want to be my disciple, if you want the imprint of the Lord, come on. Because I tell you, when you say yes to God, you are going to face your fears. You're going to get challenged in your courage, but God is going to rise you up. Amen? And God wants you to bring that freedom and deliverance. Now, I've asked Laura Taylor, Laura, where are you, to come on up, and she's going to share a song that, that God laid on her heart um, and, um, and gave to her. And um, afterwards, I'm going to ask you, because I really felt we had such a powerful service this morning. God wants to give a special, you know, the Bible uses this word anointing. We get the anointing of the Spirit through the cross. But sometimes God wants to release something fresh in us. How many agree with that? 
And, and I, I'd like you, I'm going to ask you, when we're done with the song, I'm going to come up here and ask you to say, do you want God to write this on your heart? And let God do something fresh. God wants to write on you. He wants to imprint on you. I just give you a chance. Maybe you heard the voice of the Lord. If he did, you heard him speak to you to say, I want to release something of that in your spirit, in your heart. Just come on forward all the way across this. This, this will be as an altar to God. And just kneel before the Lord. We want to lay hands on you and ask God to release that in you, that he would imprint his originality his creativity, his purpose, his deliverance, his salvation, that you would be one who brings the message of life to others. And you just sense that call of the Lord just speaking into your heart that says, this is your destiny. You are made for something bigger than what the world is showing you. And it's in you. It's me in you. And Father God, we just lay hands can I have some pastors up here with me just laying hands? And Father God, we lay hands on these that are yours. And we say, be filled with the power of God, with the spirit of the Lord, with the uniqueness of his creation within you. Fill them with your power, O oh Lord. Lord, with the creativity that defines what you made is cool. What you made is great. That it is good. That your spirit dwelling in them is good good. It's a good thing. Lord, let power be unleashed in unique and wonderful ways. Lord, that you don't make junk, that you make stuff that's valuable, Lord. And you're the potter who has the clay and fashions it as he wills. And Lord, we thank you for your purposes. Lord, that you're conforming us to the image of your son. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for leaders to be risen up, Lord, that there's more power than they may realize within them. And I tell you, don't put your head down and look down, but put your head up and look up to what I can do. Step out into the river. Step out into the things that I'm showing you. Faithful with little things, you'll be faithful with more things. Lord, I pray for that expression to increase in the name of Jesus. I pray for the young ones too. Lord, that you have a call in their lives. Lord, that you conquered kingdoms and made whole uh, cities with the kids that are 7, 8, 10, 12, 17 years old. We pray for the young ones too, Lord, that you put your touch upon them. And Lord, I thank you for your strength, Lord, that you can take strength and grace and beauty and put it all together. And I pray for that, Lord, that you unleash your personality, Lord God, and that you put it in its proper context strength, power, anointing of the Spirit. Let it be released in new ways. Lord, we lay hands not because we're powerful, but we say let the Holy Spirit of God touch you. Let him release something of freshness within you. Get a fresh touch from the Lord, a fresh touch. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, I just pray for each one of these right here. A fresh touch from your Spirit. Lord, do something unique and new. Release, Lord, your goodness, your grace, your kindness, your vision. 
Lord, not just for themselves, but for those around them. Lord, that you know them. That you, before the foundation of the earth, Lord, they were fearfully and wonderfully made in your heart. You knew what you were building. And you prepared them, Lord, by your own foreknowledge, by your own grace. And Lord, you can redeem what the locusts have eaten. And you can restore what has been lost. And God says, everything is in my hands. You are in my hands. Let your grace, Lord, be released in this place. Lord, let healing come with your power. Heal on the inside and heal on the outside, Lord. Heal in the details, Lord. Bring your restoration in Jesus' mighty name. How many say amen? Can we do this as a church? How many feel that God's in this place? Listen, can we just raise our hands to the Lord? There's something. Do you believe that God wants to unleash what we just prayed? Do you believe that? There's an act of faith that follows with this. That acknowledges, not of hopeful, positive thinking. That just says, I truly believe that this is what the Lord is doing. That says, Lord, and then just a raised hand, I believe you. I praise you for what you're doing. I thank you that you are doing this. As Laura sang it, Lord, you're writing this song. It's my song. It's a unique song. Lord, it's a new name. You're imprinting it on my soul. It's not verbally with phonics, but Lord, a name that who I am in Christ. And Lord, release it. Lord, Release your greatness, Lord. Release your goodness and your mercy. I speak the deliverance of Jesus Christ who came to heal those who were brokenhearted to give them vision and prophecy and hope and direction and strength. I am the God of all hope and power. It's not by your might It's not by your power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. My grace is sufficient for you. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you good things, not disaster. Hope, a future direction. Lord, let it be released in this place. Let it be released in the name of Jesus Christ. Not by my emotion, but Lord, by your power, move it, embed it, grow it in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you agree, can you say an affirmation aloud? Amen. 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 And let's thank the Lord. Can we praise your name? (laughs) Praise the name to the living God. Lord, you are faithful in all your ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your name. God is good. Amen. And Laura, we thank you for sharing with us musically. Amen? Just thank the Lord for her, for blessing us. Listen, I encourage you as you walk out, invite someone to Easter. Amen? It'll be, an, I tell you, it'll be a very encouraging message on the resurrection and power of Christ that will bring you hope, will bring anyone hope. Amen?